0: As we've worked through Shalom, it's this idea of God's perfect peace, his complete and perfect peace, and we see that it was fractured. We talked about Shalom's enemy earlier this month and how Shalom's enemy is this thing that disrupted Shalom, this peace of God, this completeness that God created, and that enemy is sin. And it's not only the sin of Adam and Eve, but it's all of our sin, and that is what is... Our enemy of experiencing the very peace that God intended and so we see that it is our own sin that has created this fracture and we see in that fracture the the most kind of base sense of that fracture is relational and then in that moment of sin entering in the world we we saw that um, that our relationship with mankind, with humanity and creation, was fractured, and in this toil and this futility entered in. Uh, humanity's re- relationship with one another was fractured, where now all of a sudden there's violence and jealousy and resentment and all of these markers of of, of everything but unity, everything but gratefulness, and then all, and then the worst of all. Our relationship with God was fractured. He created us for relationship, He created us in His image for His glory for relationship, and to, you, to remind you why we say that, if it wasn't for relationship, He didn't need to create us because His glory was already intact. He didn't need us to glorify Him. He was already glorified, and so we see that, yes, He created us for His glory, but He created us for relationship, to walk with Him, to know Him, be know Him in perfect fellowship. And that is the most heartbreaking thing about this fracture, is that that relationship was severed. And so then we saw in this second circle here. That's that's the promise, and it's a little different because because we, we we want to point to perfection, but also that it culminates in Christ. And we talked about on this day that in promise in this Shalom promise is that God promised in the same moment that the fall happened and His judgment came in, because God is perfectly just. We also saw we also saw God's perfect mercy and grace. That in that moment, just as He He pronounced judgment, He also pronounced the deliverance of life. He said there will be. There will come a day that yeah uh, the serpent will bruise his heel, but he, the coming Messiah, will strike his head. So at that very moment, we saw that redemption was promised, and then we saw it restated over and over again throughout the covenants. And then we saw also this promise of restoration, and it comes beautifully in the text is this picture of God's promised restoration. Of all things, and so we see that there is this promise of wholeness to come. And then we went on to the third week, and it was kind of this removal of of kind of this time this timeline. And we see this shalom together. And first, that we see this day where there is a togetherness with Christ, where we, a flawed people, broken, who will always be flawed, yet we are made together with Christ. And then, in doing that, um, God in His peace has restored our relationships, and we in this life are living unto those restored relationships. Living restored and restored relationship with God and Christ re- living in restored relationship with the unity of truth and the Holy Spirit together as the body of Christ and pursuing to strive to live together with all of humanity as we live with generosity and compassion and grace unto the world around us and so this brings us to today Sh- Shalom forever infinity perfection that's where we're at today And so you know have you ever put your foot in your mouth? If you're me, the answer is yes. I don't know about for you. I do it quite often. Um, one, one moment comes to mind. I mean, like, I, I do it all the time. Um, but one sticks out for the sake of illustration. A long time ago, about, I don't know how long it's been, close to 20 years now, some buddies of mine and I led a ministry together. And I was working for the summer out, on, out, which way is west? Everything's in front of me when I'm inside. So out in the west coast. And, um, and I'm out there for the whole summer. And, and, but throughout the summer, we were developing this website. And, I, and, I, and I, I hear that it's up, so I go and look at it. And I was like, and this was my thought when I saw it man, we paid someone to make this. This is horrible. And, and our ministry met on Saturday night, so this was a Saturday night, and my buddy calls me, and they had had this amazing night of worship, and he calls me, he's on this high, and he's like, oh, we're talking about it, and we're celebrating and praising God for what had happened in the students' lives. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, did you see the website? And I was like, and quote, I would not, quote, I said, yeah, it really sucks. And then he just got quiet. And I was like, why is he quiet? Oh, no, oh, no, why is he quiet? And I was like, uh Kevin did you make the website he's like yeah yeah i did i was like gosh so then, like, I'm trying, and of course, as you try to make it bigger, you're, you're digging the hole, and I was like, oh, I thought we paid someone to make it. So that's why I thought it was horrible, but because, you know, but s- since you made it without, it was not that bad, you know, and it was just like, oh, and like, and I'm stuck in California for the rest of the summer. This was probably about July, and, and I mean, even though, like, you know, and I asked him, I was like, hey, did that, did that offend you? He was like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm thankful that he said, yeah. And, you know, and we, and and I I apologized profusely and we ended the phone call fine. But man, the rest of that summer, that just hung over me. That, that relational discord just hung over me because I I wasn't able to be with him and see him and see that we were good. And I, and I am an empathetic, relational, touchy feely guy but that 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 discord hung over me the whole summer praise god god is good my friend is gracious he's got the holy spirit in him he's experienced grace it was fine, but man, that discord hung over me for the rest of the summer. And and so this relational fracture is hard to bear, and that's what we're talking about this whole Advent season. So before we go any further, seven minutes in, let's pray. God, we love you. Uh, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we have a place to gather. We thank you that we get to come in just as we are, Lord. We don't want to take for granted where any of us are at today, Lord. Whether it be uh, someone seeking and, and kind of is is Jesus the Messiah, the one and only Messiah, or hey, I don't believe that, but I want to hear or hey, I'm here with a family or a friend, or hey, I'm walking with you. I know Jesus. I've surrendered my life. God, wherever we are, let us not take anything for granted. I know that even as I walk... With you in Christ. It is only by your grace that I am sustained. And I know that, Lord, uh, that my flesh always wants to call me aside. And so I just pray right now, Lord, that your truth would come in. Lord, the, the promise of peace in Christ would just fill our hearts and direct our lives. And that it wouldn't be just about some intellectual right and wrong, but it would be about your goodness and your love. And that would be what convinces our hearts that you are good and how you have shown us that in Christ. So be with me now, Lord. Speak through. Me, Inspire me. Take the words that pass through my mouth by your Holy Spirit. Catch them aflame in our hearts, that we would be changed forever and forever and forever for your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, like I said, throughout the Advent season, we've been working to understand and identify with the waiting, with the anticipation of the people of Israel. That's this word Advent. It's It's the Latin word Adventus, which is coming. And so it's that that we are waiting on one to come. And so again, as we work through Advent, we're identifying Israel was waiting on who to come. They were waiting on their Messiah, their Savior, their Redeemer, the one that would restore them. They had been made promises, but they were waiting on it to be fulfilled. And they had good promises, right? I mean, why were their promises good? They had the hope of these promises and they had courage in these promises because they had come from a proven promise keeper over and over again they had been restored over and over again they had been that re- uh, they had been sustained over and over again they had been forgiven as a people but again they're human and their hope can fade over time because their promise was still yet to come listen to some of their promises i'm going to read some promises from isaiah and jeremiah and i think these are fitting because these are because isaiah was a prophet leading up to the exile when they were displaced and held captive. And his, and his prophecies even are talk of a time of the exile. And then Jeremiah was, was the prophet kind of as the exile happened. And so they, so it's very fitting for a longing, waiting people. Listen to these promises. Isaiah 32, 17 through 18. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. I mean, think about a people that are that are hearing these unsettling words, my people will abide in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which maybe a lot of you have heard, through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Think about watching your people just be taken out over and over again and hearing these words. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. And then here is this last one, Isaiah 9, 1-7. through 7. This is a pretty f- common one for this time of year. Um, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff before his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken... Is on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramp, tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. That is culminating. It is culminating a time of peace, is that picture. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. I mean, what a hopeful promise. But it was in the future. It was yet to come. The promise of peace was yet to come. And make no mistake the concept of shalom was in their view. There's a comfort and a confidence, like I said in these promises, because God is a sovereign, faithful God, but it's still in the future. So this is what the people of Israel were waiting for. Do you know what they've been through? They they were a, a... They were a people on a roller coaster ride, right? They were God's set-apart, chosen people, yet meant to be his people of blessing and meant to be the way in which all of the world is blessed, right? This is them. And yet, so they went through this cycle of, 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 of worshipers of God, and then they would grow lazy and dull, and then they would just become rebellious, and then, again, they would find themselves, I mean, like, again, if you live, as God commands it goes well with you it's just the nature of it's not just quid pro quo it's it's what you were created to be it's what you were wired for and so it goes well with you and yet they would find themselves outside of that then they would cry out as it became too great and they would say oh god turn us help us turn back restore us and he would do that and then they would find themselves once again in his grace and they would find themselves once again in his favor and they were living as the people of promise once again and again the cycle repeats and then actually it went to the point where God's like okay this is not working. Let's now try something different. Let's, let's get your attention this way. And, and also not just for you, but for all the people. And they, they went into exile, right? Then they were restored. So again, this is the people. Then they were restored, but yet they're still waiting for the Messiah. And they're under this strain all the time. So they have this promise, and yet they waited. They have a promise, but it's in the future. It is the same for us, As we wait in the anguish of the trials of this world. That's where we can really identify with the strain of of the... I mean, even just the minutiae and mundane becomes a strain. So often that is the thing that just wears us down and we just see that our bodies just weren't... They they can't bear that. So it's the same, but yet it's also different. It is actually completely different. Why? Why? What is different? Uh, maybe everything. Let's read a text that will be familiar to most of you, especially if you've watched Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, Luke 2, 1 through 14. And by the way, this is connected to one of my favorite family memories growing up every Christmas Eve with our 30 to 60-person gathering. One of the grandkids would get to read this text while my granddad lit a Christ candle. So here we go, Luke 2, 1 through And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And just, again, connect with the waiting, the promise that was far off. And if you don't know, at this moment, God had been silent for 400 years. And they went, and all of a sudden this proclamation burst through. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God in the highest and on earth and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. So what happened when Jesus arrived? What happened? The proclamation of shalom, peace on earth in the moment that Christ entered in We light the Christ candle to represent life and light entering into our world and the proclamation of a present, not a waiting, not a future, not a far off, a present complete peace on earth. The proclamation of shalom. The moment God took on flesh and came to earth as the Messiah Jesus, peace changed from being a promise with confidence to a reality, to a personal reality. So Christ came. Christ, the Messiah, the Messiah in which the people of Israel had waited. But on this side of history, us looking back, what do we know? We know so many of them missed it. So many of the people, God's chosen people, who had been waiting, who had heard this glorious proclamation and seen him, they missed it. Why did they miss it? They missed it because they were looking for something earthly. They were looking for an earthly blessing. They were looking to be restored to a position of power and prominence among the nations. They missed that God was doing a far greater work. The peace and deliverance God promised in Christ was the making of all things new and ultimately the the restoration of relationship. Jesus changed everything. Because God took on flesh, because Jesus has come, our our affliction is only momentary. And it doesn't have to be our primary experience. Our affliction is momentary. Yes, again, this world has trial and burden, but it's momentary and it doesn't have to define us. It is not our primary experience. Our redemption is relational. We have been reconciled with God, 2 Corinthians 5, 18-21. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, for God is making his appeal through us. We, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And something we've talked about over and over again through these past few weeks is the, the, the peace of righteousness. The peace of righteousness. Over and over again through Scripture, you see this peace of righteousness. And what we know is that we do not, we do not manufacture our righteousness. We do not attain it. We cannot. Where does our righteousness come from? Jesus. How? Because in him taking our sin and our death and giving us his innocence and his righteousness, we are made righteous by him. Righteous is right standing before God. So God seeing us as holy as we were created to be. The, the fact that we had fallen short of that holiness is what caused the fracture. The fact that we are made holy in Christ is what restores the fracture. So this righteousness of peace is why the righteousness of God matters. Why it matters is when we see, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God because in that is this glorious peace, this complete, perfect peace with God. I'm going to take a risk and I want to take a moment and invite you guys into something. I want to invite you into some spontaneous testimonies, okay? Okay. So here is your testimony that I would like you to share if you have it. Because of Jesus, I am. Fill in the blank. That's your one-sentence testimony. Because of Jesus, I am. I am restored. Let me me just throw out some passages. We just read 2 Corinthians 5.18. That's reconciliation. How about restored and redeemed, right? In Him, we have redemption through His blood. This is Ephesians 1, 7-10. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which is lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Let's hear another one. In Christ, I am hopeful and made righteous. We've read righteous. That's right. Amen. Amen. Hopeful. How about this? Romans 12 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And these imperatives of be and rejoice, to say rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer is not just to leave it to you to do. It is saying, because of the work that Christ has done in you, this is is your reality. This is your possibility. You can rejoice in hope. You can be patient in tribulation. You can be constant in prayer. And it only makes sense that you would set your life to this. Beautiful. What's another one? Because of Jesus, I am at peace. Amen. Our whole sermon. I'm not going to repeat my whole sermon, Gabe. That's good. What else? Because of Jesus, transformed, forgiven, pure. Did I hear one more? free, blameless. Whew. So good. I didn't anticipate passages for all that. That's wonderful. Any other ones? Made new. Made new. Guess what? I have one for that. Second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Romans 8:37 No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Any more. Reconciled. Second Corinthians 5 we just read. Forgiven. forgiven. Amen. Hey Gabe, here's one for you. Ephesians 2:13 through the beginning of 14, but now in Christ Jesus you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace. Amen. I'm going to read a few more verses just to bring it into full view. We are saved. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. Uh, maybe one more. Philippi, uh, Romans 15, 13. We have a joy that is... That is is persistent through any circumstance. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the, so by, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. How about this? We don't have, because of Jesus, I'm not afraid anymore. 1 John four eighteen. there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Brought to peace with God. Jesus took our punishment. He took our guilt. We don't have to fear. There's no no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1. Did you hear those testimonies? Those are not testimonies of momentary relief. This, these are testimonies of shalom forever. Completed, perfect peace with God. Forever is not far off in the future, as we've already said. Forever is, is a perpetual experience. I just saw the new Mary Poppins. She returned, by the way. And, and I was like, man, they took one of my sermon points. It was great. Like the, the last song, they say, you know, my, my forever is now. Like, it's not in the future. And I was like, that was, exa- I mean, like Karen and Andy asked him. like one of the main like hinge points of our sermon today was, we said it earlier this week, it is forever, f- forever is now because of Jesus. We don't have to wait. We actually can know this peace and abide in it forever because the work of Christ that has been completed is one of relationship with God. God's promise of shalom is not restricted to this world, time, or circumstance. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 2 Thessalonians three sixteen: now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. You see, King Jesus, King Jesus inaugurated a rule of peace when he came And He sits on the throne in our hearts. Therefore, as the Prince of Peace, we have an abiding peace, and we are ushered into His peace when we confess our sin and trust in Him as our Redeemer. Not just for earthly uh, blessing. How small, how small do we dream, but for something far greater. During Christmas, we often focus on the cradle of Christ for obvious reasons, and we should. We must remember today that if we're going to experience shalom forever, the cradle, we have to see, was always going to lead to the cross. The cradle was always going to lead to the cross. He was born to die. He came to satisfy our need, to satisfy the offense of our sin, to take it on and give us peace. So the cradle was always going to lead to the cross. So we live in this momentary affliction in this life, but our promise is this. Christ's physical body was broken and and killed so that my physical body and your physical body would be the only taste of death that you ever experience. That is the promise of peace of Christ. We live with a momentary affliction, but we can... I take comfort and confidence, encouraging, knowing that Christ's body was broken so that when yours meets his final day here, that is the only taste of death you will have eternal life of fellowship. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you, Lord, for your love for us. We thank you for Jesus, Lord, that in him the peace is not far off. Peace is not some promise in the future, but it is here and now because the work that you have done is making us a new creation, giving us a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone and restoring us into this real relationship with you. Lord, in in that relationship and in your goodness comes a peace, comes a courage, comes a confidence, comes a resiliency, Lord, that, that is only from you and for you and not of this world. So, Lord, I pray right now that this time, Lord, it would, it, would, it would embolden us. It would humble us. It would give us courage that we would live out the light of Christ in this world, that we would live out uh, exalting the name of Jesus with every breath. I thank you for the, just for all you've given us. Lord, be glorified in us. Let us respond well in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.